Hi, and welcome to the Virtual Classroom Podcast. I'm your host, Kimberly Ring, and I'm so glad you're here. In the Virtual Classroom, I invite virtual teachers from across the country to sit down and talk to all of us about what it's like to be a virtual teacher. It is my hope that through our conversations, we can educate, collaborate, and of course, connect to build a tribe of virtual teachers. Thanks again so much for being here. Hey everyone, welcome to the podcast. Uh, I wanna just say sorry for a couple reasons. First, uh, today's not Friday when this aired and I wanted to say sorry for that. I had some issues yesterday that just hindered me and Hopefully it never happened again, this pandemic and just life in general, and then some tech issues just kind of hindered all of this. And so hopefully it doesn't happen again, but uh, I just want to remind everyone that I am a full-time teacher. I'm a full-time mom, a full-time wife. And um, when, when things do get in the way, it's typically a big thing. So, but I do want to just say, sorry, it's not, that's not my normal behavior uh that's not something that normally happens um i like my due dates so um but hopefully it doesn't ever happen again but i do want to say sorry about that second uh i've been putting this episode off for a long time i originally was going to be episode one i wanted to get it just out of the way because it's very apparent that i'm a newbie at this (laughs) like super noob alert and uh i'm just excited that anyone's talking to me i still am but i've gotten that under control um but i don't in this episode and then i'm also excited because katrina who is also known as virtual ms teacher she's a middle school teacher uh so virtual ms teacher on instagram she shared about her escape room with where she put her kids inside the Caesar mob and they had to escape the mob. And so I, I still think that's pretty cool. But I wanted to rip the bandaid off with this because it's, it's not fair to Katrina. She's incredible in this interview. So don't think that uh, she's awesome and uh, you're going to learn a lot from her. But when I say rip the bandaid off, it's more me. It's hard for me to listen to myself in this interview. In fact, I almost considered not airing it just because of me. But again, as I said, it's not fair to Katrina. So she's incredible and deserves to be heard. And so without further ado, we'll just, we'll just get this started, but please try to disregard me uh, in this. This was one, again, one of my very first episodes and very, one of the very first conversations I ever had, I was excited and obviously couldn't control it. So it's, very very apparent that I'm excited so (laughs) I hope that you can forgive me for for that (laughs) without further ado here's Katrina hi everybody I'm Katrina um or you can call me Katie I teach at Michigan Great Lakes Virtual Academy I teach seventh grade language arts um I have been doing this for four years now and I juggle it with my two-year-old at home sometimes uh, um, but just juggle it with him I should say being around my dog Sterling um, and you know life so that's what I'm what I'm up to. That's awesome. Um, I originally uh, started here because of my son 
is that what brought you to virtual schools? What, what brought you here? So I actually started straight out of college, um, straight into oh, the virtual environment. Awesome. Yeah, I had a, a virtual like pre-student teaching placement when I was um, in college and really enjoyed it. And then it just kind of opened up as the um, you know main job prospect. I was married and we were in the area that my husband was working. So I didn't really have the ability to move anywhere else. And virtual was the way to go for me. So it just kind of worked out nicely then when I uh, ended up having a kid a few years in that, you know, was able to spend a little bit more time with them and have that flexibility. That's awesome. So tell me more about that because most of the time in, when I first started here, they really like, even on the applications, it really said they wanted to have teachers who had three years of experience in a traditional school. But I know that hasn't been the recent push. Mm-hmm. So what did your, what did that look like uh, when you student taught, right? You said yeah, that it was like, like a pre-student teaching experience. It was totally different than what we do um, having like the asynchronous and synchronous parts um, to our virtual environment. Uh, my pre-student teaching placement was um, like a very small virtual school in the Upper Peninsula of Michigan. It was entirely asynchronous. So my only communications with students were like leaving feedback when they would submit things. Um, so it was definitely a different experience, but still it gave me a taste into like engagement in the virtual world and the technology and all of that stuff. So I think having just that understanding um, of what a virtual environment is like probably gave me a leg up for getting the job straight out of college. Um, when we, when I got my job, I should say, we really expanded our middle school too. So they were trying to hire a lot of teachers at one time. So not saying that the pool, you know, they were trying to dredge up, you know, more teachers or something. Um, but I think that probably played something into it as well because we went from being where each of the teachers were teaching all subjects um, to having the you know I teach language arts and I have a pod of teachers where there's four of us each teaching a different subject we really grew in that way so yeah impacted probably my ability to get the job too that's really really amazing so when I was in college I they didn't teach any kind of online school student teaching experience online is a lot what my master's and um, what my doctorates will be like. I think that my doctorate's program, the thing that I went to watch about it, I think they're doing more live sessions, which is really, really great. But what you just described was my whole master's degree. So in college, did they teach you about virtual schools or online schooling? Was that part of your like degree or what? No. Okay. Yeah, it was not at all actually. And I vividly remember one class, it was like elements of education or foundations of education, a very broad title anyway. And they brought it up in one class connect session and the teacher asked, would any of you ever be interested in teaching online? I was the only one to raise my hand. (laughs) Oh, wow. Um, And that was, that was the extent of it. That was like the only time that we really had even heard the phrase like virtual education. And um, in like a class, 
except I got an email for this pilot program, and that's what the pre-student teaching experience um, was. It was a pilot program. It was free. You could opt in if you wanted. Um, it actually, I should not have technically been in it. They made an exception because I'm elementary certified um, with a middle level minor. I can teach through ninth grade, and the all the other people in the program were secondary certified. So I was just kind of like an anomaly being in there to begin with. But other than that pilot program and like the one instance in one class, that was all that I had um, aside from like my own, you know, research in that in college. Goodness, I love I I love that they at least because like I said when I when I was in which. I feel old saying it like that, but really it was in 2011 when I graduated with my uh, doctorate degree. So it really wasn't, it was still in this, technically in this decade as of right now when we're talking, (laughs) but it still feels like forever ago. And, but they weren't like, this wasn't even a thing like this Mm -hmm. other than like your master or your master's and, um, and at that time they didn't even have doctorate degrees online. You could really just go for your master's and, bachelor's degree they were they want people wanted to have that college experience and I totally am for that but as I'm a teacher now um I want to push this on I want to put at least want this to be an option I'm Mm -hmm. not saying it's for everybody but thinking back and I've shared this before about how I struggled as an elementary student this would have been amazing for me as a as a struggling student and it would have been amazing for my parents too, because they uh, they were in the medical field and had no idea what to do. With, but this would have been an environment that I think I would have really thrived in. And knowing all that, knowing that you did your traditional student teaching and your virtual, how did that prepare you for this? Because it sounds so different than what we do. You mentioned that it did give you a leg up, but could you elaborate more on that? I can certainly try. Um, I definitely feel like the the school that I went to, we had um, quite a few different like pre-student teaching experiences. So it was like right from the get-go of when you got into the education program, you were already in classes. Um, so I had, you know, classroom management, creation of curriculum, materials, lessons, presentation of lessons, like a pretty good solid understanding of like the you know brick and mortar. I, I would say about as solid of an understanding of it as you can have without fully having your own classroom. And I had um, a 16-week student place, student teaching placement in um, one brick and mortar classroom. Um, and I think the combination of those and really the emphasis of in college and those placements, not necessarily like teaching virtually but using the technology um, to present materials digitally like definitely affected and impacted my ability to transition well into the virtual world um, because I already had a pretty good knowledge base of like curriculum and technology how to incorporate those I think the biggest thing um, and it's the biggest thing for teachers starting right out in brick and mortar too is like classroom management, parent interaction, there's always, you know, bumps to go through with those kind of things that everyone has to make adjustments to, even brick and mortar teachers making the adjustment to a virtual world and how those things look different virtually. 
Whenever I came into the virtual world, I had a toolbox kind of already from my mm. my my virtual or my traditional days. Yeah. But there was a culture shock. It was like I've I've heard it described as like coming to a different country, but it's almost like you didn't yeah. even go to a different country. But then at the same time, I'm like, you didn't have a very full toolbox. <laughs> like you you know what I mean? So yeah. I'm wondering like what kind of struggles you had, but then I'm also wondering like, did you have any struggles? coming into this world so what was that what was your first I'm like so fascinated because what was your first year like was it a struggle (laughs) was it like I'm kind of just curious like was your struggles different than like the rest of us the image that came to my mind initially was like within the first week of us starting it was like myself and like 12 other middle school teachers or some number like that it was like quite a few of us all just thrown in all at the same time and the assistant principal described it as if you're trying to go like take a drink of water but you're drinking from a fire hose like you just have everything coming at you all at once don't really know how to handle it and that's That's definitely an accurate description (laughs) (laughs) just the amount of like training and technology and then just having to like contact with the or connect with the parents and students but not even really having an understanding of how to guide them properly like it was definitely an adjustment and a whirlwind I think some things that were um like beneficial kind of like you said like I didn't really have a teacher toolbox coming in with my tips and tricks and things so I was really creating it on the fly and learning from the other teachers as I was going So I didn't necessarily have any like preconceived notions of how this, like any teaching environment should work necessarily, at least for having my own classroom. So definitely learning from the people around me. Um, I have to give a shout out to my like cohort, uh, other language arts teacher in seventh grade, Danielle. She started at the same time as me, only had like one year of experience in a school. So we were pretty similar. Um, experience levels and we just like survived together (laughs) figured it all out together um really relying on colleagues um for assistance and even like sharing materials for lessons um there there's a lot of of, I think like a people might not expect or that in the virtual environment you actually do talk to your colleagues a lot and I would say more than like what I witnessed in any of the placements I had previously. I talked to my colleagues all the time on a literally daily basis, probably an hourly basis with some of them. Um, So that like making those connections with colleagues was really a big thing um, starting out my first year and definitely continuing through year four now. I would totally agree with that. I was thinking this the other day in my car. we don't have that ability. I remember when I was in a traditional classroom, I would just like walk across the hall or, you know, go walk down the other hall, whatever, whatever I needed to do to go talk to somebody. But here we don't have to do that. We don't even have to walk across the hall. We just find them on our little, I like to describe it to people who are not in our world as like an MSN or AOL messenger. And um, cause that's essentially what it is. And I just click on their name and boom, I'm like, I'm connected to them right then. And I can just type in my message or I can call them. And um, if I'm struggling, I can ask 
one of them to just pop in. I don't have to like call the office. They're just there. And so I definitely agree with you on how we are so connected uh, in a way that we're just not in a traditional school. And I love that even though (laughs) there's a part of me that's like, yeah, she still went through the struggle. Like she still went through all the struggles of what it's like to come (laughs) into our world. Because without those struggles, we we really don't learn. And um, but at the same time, I'm, I'm I can't help but wonder for those who are like you and not like me. You know, I came in with ex, with years of a, a couple of three years of experience, so it wasn't a whole lot more, but three years. And one of those years was the worst year of my life. <laughs> so as far as uh, like my career went, but I had a toolbox. What what would have prepared you more in college? for what you're experiencing now. And I ask that because K-12 is partnering part with, um, I think Southern New Hampshire, some university like that with master's degrees. But I, it's my hope that we'll have, we'll have undergrads with like an emphasis on ed, virtual education. What would have prepared you if that, if that, if you went through that program, what would you have hoped for that would have helped you come into this world more seamlessly? It's a really great question and something that I've definitely considered on like how I can potentially impact like my alma mater for additional training or even just, you know, brick and mortar teachers get student teachers all the time. I feel like like that's never been a thing at my school. We have never had anything like a student teacher or an internship or anything like that. So even in um, like bachelor's degrees, having more ability for the students to see what the virtual environment is like. And there's a multitude of different virtual schools and we all have different models and that. So there's not like a one size fits all virtual school or model, um, but just having us be more available to those like bachelor's degrees and maybe having a partnership with like Southern New Hampshire University for the master's degree will impact then, you know, in the future, having something available for like bachelor's degrees too. But I think having even additional insight into the world, um, honestly, training of the professors, and um, not to say that my professors weren't like with it, but virtual education was a relatively new concept um, when I started. So you said you graduated in 2011. I started college in 2011. So so when I started, like you said, like it just wasn't a thing necessarily. It became more of a thing as I progressed through college. That's how I got into that pilot experience. Um, But it wasn't really a thing when I started. And even still, I don't know how much it's addressed now even. So having it not be like a weird one-time thing where someone just mentions virtual education, but having it actually be like a consistent practice to discuss brick and mortar versus virtual, um, putting that, you know, terminology into the mouths of professors may be beneficial as well, just so people know that it is an option and it's a big option. Um, I'm not sure what the schooling is like in Oklahoma, but in Michigan, we have like four different virtual, four or five different virtual schools. We have a few thousand students just at my school. Other schools are pretty similarly sized. It's a big, it's a big deal. And we yeah, we have, have 
Well, we have three big ones, and I feel like another one just kind of popped up. And then, um, and those are just standalone. So we are like our own district, if you will. I know yours is too, but just for anyone who might not be <laughs> in our world, might be happen to be listening, I don't know. Um, but then we also have several that are part of their, like their neighborhood school. So that way kids can, I don't know, school school from home or pursue other um get their credits if they're like involved in athletics or uh with like an entry tech type thing I think it's really what that's for um so that way they can do both and not have to choose one or the other um if those classes happen to be at the same time um but yeah it's definitely growing and that's why I'm gonna get my doctorates in it because um, well, in curriculum and instruction, because I, my end goal, what I'd really like to do someday is be a professor teaching students, teaching future teachers how to be virtual teachers. And so that's definitely something that is growing, and I'm sure there'll be a need once I'm done with my doctorate. So that's kind of the dream. Um, but that's awesome. Thank you for sharing all that. So now that you're a virtual teacher, what's been like your favorite go-to strategy in your middle school ELA classes? Oh, it's such a good question. So, and to give like a background for any listeners, like you said, that may or may not be in um, the virtual environment and who may or may not have an understanding of what Blackboard Collaborate is like, um, we use a system currently called Blackboard Collaborate for our synchronous live class connect sessions. We're going to be switching to a new program soon, like next year. Yes, and I love um, that you know the difference between those two words, <laughs> asynchronous, because I still, this is my fifth year here, and I still don't have them <laughs> down, so applause to you for knowing this, so, and using them seamlessly. I love that, so, but yeah, sorry, <laughs> but keep going. <laughs> no worries. Yeah, so we use that Blackboard Collaborate system currently, and I like to describe it to people as a little bit like Skype, like the students can see me, hear me, there's like 30 some students in each of my classes at a time, ideally, that's at least how many are invited. Um, they have the ability to chat each other privately, publicly, where everyone can see, just chat me. We have like whiteboard activities where I can upload a PowerPoint. That's yeah, and lesson. I like to describe the whiteboard as like a, as a smart, like a smart. Yes, board, so. yes, yeah. exactly. That's a good way to describe it too. I'll have to start using that. Um, and there's like multiple choice. You can ask multiple choice questions and they have the ability to virtually raise their hand. Like there's all sorts of different ways to use Blackboard Collaborate. One of which is using breakout rooms. So it's kind of like in a brick and mortar where if you have your um, classroom set up as tables, the kids could each be working at like a table group at a time. And it's kind of the same way with Blackboard Collaborate. You can make breakout rooms where the students are working collaboratively on whatever assignment we might be doing or different activities in that. So I'll say like my first year, I was like deathly afraid of using breakout rooms because it was just control was gone. Yeah, I mean, when you give the control to the students anytime virtual or brick and mortar, like that's a scary thing to do because you never know what they're going to do with it. So I didn't fully get into breakout rooms until like my second year, but using breakout rooms with the students 
for like as much collaboration as possible. And really, so I'm doing like the least amount of lecturing as possible is my like go-to class model, I, I would say. Um, so yeah. I love that. I love that you, that you attack something that kind of really scared that not kind of, but did scare you. And you're like, I'm going to just, I'm going to go for it. I love that you went for it. When you put them in their breakout rooms, what do you have them do in your seventh grade world? Since I've never been to that world. When, when I use the breakout rooms, I typically use it for partner work. So two students, usually maybe three students, I really go with like the flow of the class. If I have a more chatty class, you know, that's not really going to get stuff done if they're in bigger groups, then we go potentially even individually or with partners um, instead of larger groups. Um, um, I'll also like pretty often give them the option too. I really want to try and give like as much choice as possible in, in my sessions and um, in like the lessons that they're completing. So. Sometimes I'll give them the option of if they would rather work independently. I mean, it's just as easy for me to put them in a breakout room by themselves as it is to partner them up with somebody. So sometimes we have that mixture and that choice for them of what they'd like to do. And then usually when I'm doing activities in the breakout rooms, it's something that we have covered previously, at least a little bit. It's kind of like that I do, we do, you do thing um where there we've already done like the i do watching teacher whatever um we've been doing it pretty frequently with like vocabulary activities and they'll have just a variety of activities to go through at their own pace um with different like whiteboard or as you term like the kind of smart board tools going on we try to do the breakout rooms i try to do the breakout rooms usually like twice a week at least Whenever you put them in partner work, I struggle, and maybe this is it, maybe maybe I should just keep going, but I struggle to get them to actually cooperatively work together or even just talk to each other. Like if I, like here, you do this side, you do this side, and then discuss, they, they'll do their work, but they won't discuss. If I just keep going, if I, like, do you have that struggle in middle school? I imagine middle schoolers just want to talk a lot. So maybe it's not, but (laughs) is that, how could I get over this hump with my kids? (laughs) Oh, it's a definite struggle. Um, Like, oh my gosh, trying to get them to use the microphone, let alone like the video camera is a big struggle. And I just kind of keep pushing through it, like um, knowing that as they continue to like build their relationships with each other, then we're gonna be more likely to be using those resources. So even if at first in the breakout rooms, they only wanna chat each other, eventually we should get to the point where they're able to use the microphone, right? Like if they're starting to feel comfortable enough with each other or with themselves in this environment, or same thing, if they're at least like writing on the whiteboard, they're at least seeing what someone else is doing and presenting and still getting something from that experience, even if it's not like the ideal picture that I had in my head for it. Um, and something that may be different um, in like the my seventh grade world versus like the fourth grade world is I have 
145 students and we have four teachers that all have those 145 students. And we have, you know, our group messages going back between myself and the other teachers. When we have like discovered that someone works well with another student, then we're able to start pairing those kids up more often. Um, so I'm kind of not only like gaining or growing from my experiences, but also the experiences of my colleagues who also have these students um, to know who might work better in this partnerships and kind of trying to like foster friendships a little bit too. Um, and one recommendation that I got from a teacher this year, and it's kind of like that seventh grade, they're going through puberty kind of thing. She tries to only pair um, those that identify as male with those that identify as female. So like they're not as scared of what like the opposite gender is thinking of them kind of thing. And once I started doing that and didn't have as many like mixed groupings, they did actually start to interact more with each other. It was kind of funny to see that experiment in, um, in action. Yeah, I, I was actually just talking about this with my team the other day. I read an article, I can't remember when, but I remember reading an article either during my master's or bachelorette, bachelor's, bachelorette, um, bachelor's degree. Um, how same gender classes uh, scored better than the mixed classes on their state tests. And, I, and it was exactly what you just said, is uh, that fear, that anxiety um, goes away uh, for whatever reason, but it does. So I'm, t I'm actually going to test that out. This next semester, I, I, got a, I had an even amount of kids uh, in below basic or basic, just uh, for my small my small groups, and are about even, and so they're like half of them are boys, half of them are girls. So I'm gonna, they're not all in the same level. They're all in the same category, but not the same level. But I thought I'm gonna give this a go. Let's see if this, uh, let's see if we can make some gains um, using that as well. That that strategy. So that's awesome. That it's definitely true. That it's still true. Knowing that you've only, I mean, I've only been teaching for five years, so. And only recently I've, I've thought, man, I think I'm making a difference. Is there a kid that you feel like you've really made an impact on their education? If so, uh, could you tell us about that kid and what you did to accomplish that? One student in particular comes to mind. Um, and I guess just kind of like generally speaking too, like it's very heartwarming for me to see um, like when we're in a whole class different kinds of settings like the students that I've had previously reach out and like share their excitement that they can say hi again um we just had a talent show yesterday so it was a whole school thing and like some of my students who and I can't even believe it that are now like 10th graders still came back and said hi so it's like even if I may not have felt at the time that I was impacting them and gosh I you know, that was my first year of teaching ever, so God bless them. <laughs> I don't know how well I was impacting them, but like they still at least remembered me and liked me enough at least to say hi again, so that is heartwarming. Yeah, um, the fact that they remembered your name is pretty, that's yeah, pretty cool. Yeah, <laughs> exactly. And I'm excited for when my first group like graduates 
high school that we have a graduation ceremony and like I'm definitely going to that when that first group graduates like to actually see some of them in person for like the first time as they're walking across the stage I just like I picture it and I'm it's still two years away but I'm excited for it already <laughs> um but there is one student in particular that um like we've she was a student of mine last year and she was the like has really shared with me how much I've impacted her and we are still like regularly in communication with each other emailing and um like on my teacher Instagram reaching out and um kind of have like coming from a similar background so just really have connected that way and like it it showed me that I might not be able to connect with all students um and it's particularly challenging in our environment to like get to all of the kids it's possible but a challenge um but it's still you know i'm still at least getting to some kids even if some days it doesn't always feel like i'm making that much of a difference that's awesome and i hope that you're um i'm glad that you're excited about going to their graduation knowing that you might be super passionate about something is there anything that you would want that you want to share that I didn't ask I'm trying to think um like off the cuff because you know I didn't really know what to expect coming in here I think it's so awesome that you have this podcast like geared for us virtual teachers to help grow our community because you know we don't necessarily have anything like that yet so I just think it's so cool what you're doing um, I don't necessarily have anything like additional to share other than you know, that's how, how we learn and grow is by making that community. So the more we can connect with each other, um, the stronger we'll all be as virtual educators. So I definitely appreciate you for doing like, your part in making this community grow. Oh, well, thanks. Yeah, I just really want, I just really want us, as I said before, I feel like teachers as a whole especially in the traditional sense they have a they have a good tribe I mean they not only have their own like school tribe but they also have like the entire United States <laughs> tribe but I do feel like there is a separation um, unfortunately and I feel it whenever I tell people I'm a virtual teacher in a fourth grade uh, in like a fourth grade gear Facebook group when they found out I'm a virtual teacher, there's almost like a, you don't understand our struggles. And I'm like, well, you don't understand mine either. So that's what I'm wanting to, I want to bridge that. I want to bridge like, hey, we all are, we all have the same, we're all fighting the same fight. We're all trying to support kids. And in some ways our fight is bigger because I don't know about your school, but at mine, for us, our school is a last resort for a lot of these kids. They're, they are fighting to, to learn they weren't successful in their in their traditional school and so we in a lot of ways I feel like I have more power and more of an influence but also a bigger weight to bear because these kids are coming in already defeated and already struggling academically and I have to somehow overcome that and to bridge that gap to say you know like I'm an educator too. I'm fighting the same fight you are, but also to create this other, our own tribe of uh, virtual teachers where we can support each other and 
follow each other on Instagram, whatever that may look like is what I want to accomplish because just in the short time that I've done this, I've already learned so much and I've had so many ideas that I didn't have before this. So thank you for, for being a part of it, for sharing your seventh grade world with me. I've been inspired and I hope others will be too. So thank you so much. Thanks. I definitely appreciate the opportunity to be sharing with you today. So thank you. God bless you for listening to this entire episode. I'm so appreciative. In fact, I want to show my appreciation to the first five U.S. address people by sending you my new sticker, the virtual learning expert one that I showed on my Instagram a couple days ago. So the first five. So just find me on Instagram. Uh, You can go to the description of where we found this podcast. podcast and you should find my handle you should find Katrina's handle so you can follow her as well uh you can find a link to the store if you want to get this sticker on anything else like a sweatshirt t-shirt whatever but find me on Instagram and say hey I listened to the entire Katrina episode she was incredible I love listening to her and you did an okay job (laughs) so Um, Because I realize practice makes perfect and I'm not perfect yet at this interviewing thing, but I'm sure having fun with it and I appreciate anyone who's willing to talk to me. With that in mind, I'm looking for people to talk to for season two. Uh, I'm hoping to get to talk to a lot of teachers this summer. So if you would like to talk to me, you can head on over to Instagram and then click on the link in my profile bio. And there will be a little handle or icon that says like, hi, my name is, enter name here. And that's where you click and you can sign up for an interview with me. A lot better than I was when I first started out. Katrina, I love and adore you. Thank you again for talking to me. And sorry that I did such a terrible job interviewing you, but you were great. Um, And I've learned so much from you. You're an incredible person an incredible teacher, and thank you for sharing that power with everybody else. Everyone else, I'd love to talk to you. Thanks for listening, and have a great rest of your weekend or day. Have a great one. Remember, be brave, take a risk, and above all, have fun. See you next time. Bye.